Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Today I want to talk to you about reclaiming the promise of the Holy Spirit's baptism. This is a something that we simply should shove aside or relegate to a different age or generation. Not something we should say ended when the apostles died. Jesus said, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the world. The Holy Spirit came to give you a voice. He came to make you a mighty voice in a darkened world. He came to make you that light that will shine in the midst of the darkness. And I love it when I read Acts chapter 2. We talked about it on the day of Pentecost back in June. I think two or three messages. The sound of Pentecost. I'm going to talk about that today. I want to talk about the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want to talk about the fire that sets upon each one of us, that dwells in each one of us, that changes us from the inside out. Listen, write this down. You're going to hear it time and again this morning. Fire on the inside affects everything on the outside. Fire on the inside affects everything on the outside. But if there's no fire on the inside, there is no effect on the outside. When we lose the passion of the Holy Spirit, when we lose that fire that comes from Him, we begin looking for substitutes. And we substitute intellect, education, training, talents, abilities. And may I tell you, that's a very poor substitute for what God wants to do through the church. I believe in education, I believe in training, I believe in using the gifts God has given you, but they will never replace or substitute for the presence, the power, the fire of the Holy Ghost that He wants to sit into your life and turn you inside out. Because fire on the inside always changes the outside. We have to remember that each and every time we think about it. There is no substitute for the fire of the Holy Spirit. When we start talking about fire, some people get a little bit anxious. Don't worry. We have firemen in the house. They can put you out if you start to burn, all right? Not a problem. I've already set it up. They'll hose you down. I am looking forward today for the moment that Isaiah spoke about last week when he doesn't have to pump us up to get us into the presence of God, but rather when we come so full, so filled, so on fire that he has to say, okay, folks, calm down for just a minute. Come on, somebody. It's time for the fire of God to fall in this house, for the fire of the Holy Spirit to visit each and every one of us. Fire is actually a good thing in many ways. It provides light, it provides warmth, provides protection, it repels insects. I gotta stop there for just a minute. When the fire of the Holy Ghost is in your life, do you know what it repels? It repels the enemy, his attacks, his devices, his demons, all the nasty stuff he brings from the pit of hell cannot stand against the fire of the Holy Spirit that's in your life today. Stop moaning and groaning, oh, the devil's after me. Well, if the devil's after you, you should be jumping up and down, shouting and praising, because it means God's doing something in your life. He doesn't like, oh, somebody hear me today. Let the fire fall. Because fire on the inside changes everything on the outside. Fire on the inside changes everything on the outside. Fire also purges. 
Grew up on the plains of western Oklahoma. 120, 30, 40 years ago when my great-grandfather went in before the land runs, he was a sooner. If you don't know what that means, you can talk to me later. I'll explain it to you. It means he broke the law and went and found his land. That's what it means. He told me, he lived to be 103, and I remember him well in all of his stories. He told me, he said, when I rode across these plains for the first time, the grass was belly high to a horse. And when I grew up on those plains, that was not to be seen anywhere. I said, why? What's the difference? What happened? He said, well, back in those days, the Indians would light a fire at the Cimarron River. And it would burn all the way to the South Canadian River. And every spring, they burned off everything that was dead, everything that had no life, everything that was of no value, so that when the rains began to come, life could come forth and that grass could grow again. There were no weeds. There were no trees. There was nothing inhibiting the growth of the grass. Oh, hear me. Holy Spirit, come and purge us today. Fire, burn out all the dross, all the things that should not be in our lives. Let it happen in each one of us today. When we substitute the fire of the Holy Spirit, we look for things that will never satisfy and never complete us. Let me say it this way. What the church needs today is less politics and more Pentecost. I'm going to say that again. We need less politics and more Pentecost. Listen, if your wagon was tied to some political candidate and you were destroyed when they did or didn't win, you need to wake up and smell the roses and recognize, I need the fire of God one more time in my life. Because when you're living in the fire of God, the passion of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House. It doesn't matter who's in Congress because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is ordering and directing our steps. He's telling you where to go and what to do. He's He's already declared, I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. I'll watch over you. Oh, somebody, send the fire. Send the fire. Because fire on the inside changes everything on the outside. Send the fire. And we substitute the fire of the Holy Spirit. We find ourselves moving to our talents and our abilities. Let me say it this way. We need less performance and more Pentecost in the church of Jesus Christ. I'm going to park there for just a minute. Luke chapter 10, Jesus went to Martha's house. And Martha was busy serving, cooking meals, getting ready to serve them. She came to him and she said, Master, why don't you tell my sister to get up and help me? Who was her sister? Mary. What was Mary doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words. And Jesus said, Martha, you got it all wrong. Mary chose the better thing. Listen, if all we can offer to the Lord is what we have within ourselves, we haven't chose the better thing. But when we come in worship, when we come in adoration, when we come with the fire of the Holy Ghost encapsulated in our lives, then we come in pure hearts, pure minds, pure worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Read in 1 Kings chapter 6. Jehoram was the king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. Jehoram had an army coming against him from Moab. He said to Jehoshaphat, will you come and fight them with me? First mistake, Jehoshaphat didn't consult the Lord. He just said, sure, we'll do that. They got into a really tough place and a tough time. And finally, Jehoram says, maybe we should talk to the prophet and see what he has to say about all that. You know the story? If not, read it. 
Because they went and they found Elisha. And Elisha saw Jehoram, who was a wicked and evil king, coming towards him. He served and built idols. And then he saw Jehoshaphat, whose heart was pure, who was a worshiper of the Lord, a follower of the Most High God. And he said to Jehoram, you need to read it and mark these words. If it were not for Jehoshaphat, I would not entertain you. I would not listen to you. I would not give you an audience. What does that tell me? It tells me when we put performance aside and we move into the fire of the Holy Ghost and we begin worshiping in a pure heart, God stands at attention. He listens to what we're saying. He responds to our cries. Oh, somebody, kill the performance and bring on Pentecost. When we substitute things for the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit, we find ourselves lending towards professionals. Can I say it? We need a whole lot less professionalism and a whole lot more Pentecost. A whole lot more fire of the Holy Ghost flowing into our hearts and into our lives. You say that's not even scriptural. Maybe you ought to read the Bible again. Because Acts chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says that when the Sanhedrin heard the words of Peter and John, they marveled because they were unlearned and ignorant men. In other words, they weren't trained in the school of Gamaliel. They didn't understand Hebrew and Jewish teachings and trainings as these religious leaders did. But they noted, you need to read it, they noted that they had been with Jesus. I don't know about you, you want to show me your degrees or you want to show me who you're talking to? Have you been with Jesus? Because when there's fire on the inside, it changes everything on the outside. God's promises always breed a passion in the heart of his people. Jeremiah said it this way in Jeremiah chapter 20. He said it in verse 9, if I say... I'll not make mention of the Lord or speak any more in his name in my heart and in my mind. It is as though there were a burning fire shut up in my bones. God, send the fire. God, send the fire. Send the fire that brings voice to your people that cause us to say, it doesn't matter who tells me I can't speak in his name. It doesn't matter who tells me I can't live for him. It doesn't matter who tries to restrict my relationship with the Lord. I've got a fire shut up in my bones and I cannot be silent. I must speak of the wonderful works of God. Caleb was 85 years old. They came to the promised land. He had fought for five years with the armies of Israel to gain the promised land for the tribes of Israel. After five years, he came to Joshua and he said in Joshua chapter 14, you can read it verses 6 through 14. I don't have time to go there this morning. He said, Joshua, Moses gave me a promise. He said, the land where my feet tread shall be mine. He said, it's been 45 years since that promise was given through Moses. And then read it three times. He makes this statement. I have followed the Lord wholeheartedly. I have followed the Lord wholeheartedly. I have followed the Lord wholeheartedly three times. And then he says, on the basis of Moses' promise and my obedience, I've come to claim the land. Give me the mountain. What was he talking about? He's talking about the land of Hebron. The high country. The only problem with Hebron is that it was occupied by giants, the son of Anak. 
But Joshua at 85 years old said, I don't care who lives there. That's my land and that's my promise. Let me go take it in the name of the Lord. Somebody hear me this morning. You've got a promise in your heart that's been long delayed. You've let it go. It's lying dormant. You've covered it over. You've buried it. You said it must not have been for me. Not for this day. Not for this time. Maybe I heard wrong. I've come to tell you this morning. When the fire of the Holy Ghost falls on you, the promise comes alive. And those things that God spoke to you shall surely come to pass. I didn't say those things some preacher spoke to you. God deliver us from silly people. I said those things God spoke to you. When the Spirit of the Lord gives you a promise, don't hang it up, don't shelve it, don't bury it, but you hang on to that and you pray the fire over it because the day is coming and I pray this is the day when that promise is fulfilled in your life. Caleb found a consuming passion. He said, I followed the Lord with my whole heart. Can I tell you there is no higher purpose? No higher calling, no greater achievement than to say I was filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost and I followed the Lord with my whole heart until I saw what he declared come to pass in my life. The Bible says in the book of Acts that when the disciples went to the city of Iconium, they said about them, these that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. Why would they say that? Because fire on the inside changes everything on the outside. They were filled with the fire and the power of the spirit of the living God. And everywhere they went, change occurred. What kind of change? Well, people got saved. People were delivered. Bondages were broken off. Demons were cast out. Sick bodies were healed. Folks, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It hasn't ended. He hasn't stopped. He still wants to fill his people with fire so we can see his works again. Do you have a passion in your life? Do you have a passion in your life? The dictionary decides, defines passion as an intense emotion. A strong feeling, a great devotion, an intense conviction which fuels or motivates us toward compelling action. You don't have a passion if you're not doing anything. You don't have a passion if you're just sitting on the pew every Sunday morning. See, a passion compels you to action. And I've come to tell you this morning that when the Holy Spirit fire falls upon you, as it did on the day of Pentecost, you will be filled with the passion that will compel you to action and you then become a world changer. All these conferences and seminars, how to change your life, change your world, get control of your life, all these set step programs. I got one step for you. Give your heart to God, get filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost and watch what happens. Because fire on the inside changes everything on the outside. If you have a passion for something, you love it. You love doing it. It's not drudgery. It's not a task. It's not a job. Passion is different from enthusiastic action. It's different than simply going through the motions. 
Passion isn't needing to be worked up, Pastor Isaiah. Passion goes with you everywhere you go. And the moment you walk into the presence of other saints, that fire explodes and it goes across the room and suddenly people recognize I'm in a different place. Something's happening here I've never seen before. God's doing something I didn't know he could do. Oh, come on. Do you have a passion? See, having a passion isn't just jumping and shouting and yelling and dancing and running. Having a passion is being compelled to do something for the kingdom when you walk out those doors. When you march into the world. Having a passion is being willing to be the director of the Pregnancy Center in Gaston County. I know it doesn't pay much. I know there's not a lot of rewards. I know there's a lot of heartache. But it's a passion that drives you. It's a passion that fuels you. Passion is a fire in your belly that causes you to get up every morning. It wakes you up in the middle of the night. I woke up at 2.30 this morning and I thought, God, what's going on? Why am I awake at 2.30? I've got to preach tomorrow. I was awake until 3.30 and 4.30 and 5.30. Finally got up at 5.30 because there wasn't any use sitting there anymore. There is a passion burning in me because I have a word from God. You need to hear today. Let your fire fall in this place. Holy Spirit, rain on me. Rain on me. Fire on the inside. Affects and changes everything on the outside. See, we get it backwards. We think that we pray for people and they get healed. That's not what the word says. Mark 16, Mark wrote it this way. These signs shall follow them that believe. They don't precede your faith and your passion. They follow your faith and your passion. But if you don't have passion about your faith, you're not going to see those signs. Love the way you're shouting now. Those who have passion are not just going to be going through the motions. I'm so thankful for everyone we have in this place that's serving him. Let me say thank you so very, very much. But if you're just doing it, because you're fulfilling your duty, you're checking a box, you're here for the wrong reason. Sit down, let the Holy Ghost get in your heart and your life, let him motivate you, influence you, and fill you, fire you, until you can go back to that post, and back to that place of service, and you do it with the joy of the Lord, with a spring in your step, rejoicing that God has filled you with the power of the Holy Ghost. And you know what? You will make a difference to those that you're ministering to. But if it's just my religious duty, Sit down. Just sit down. God can do it without that. He's looking for people who say, I want a fire on the inside of me that will change everything outside of me. I want a fire burning in my heart and burning in my spirit that will turn my world upside down. When we're passionate about God, he occupies our conversation. I love basketball. But I'm not going to waste any time this morning talking about it. So I'm here to talk about what my passion is, and my passion is Jesus Christ. We have a passion for Him. He's who we think of first thing of the morning. We have a passion for Him. He's who we talk to when our feet hit the floor every morning. When we have a passion for Him, when our faith is put to the test, 
When the world is coming against us, when Satan is trying to discourage you or defeat you, when you have a passion and a fire of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you something. You don't have to tell the naysayer. You don't have to tell the doubter. You don't have to tell the devil where you stand. It's evident. It's all over you. My feet are planted on the rock. My heart is full of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to pursue him. And it doesn't matter what you throw against me. I will go forward. I will not go down. When you have a passion. When you have a passion. Biblical morality. Biblical ethics. Will mark your life. When you have a passion with the fire of the Holy Ghost. You don't lie, cheat or steal. You have a passion filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. You don't do those things that make you look good to the friends who aren't saved, even though you know God doesn't approve of it. Oh, he's meddling now. I know, I just can't resist. Can't help it. Listen, when you have a passion and you're filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost, you draw a line in the sand. And you say, I'm not stepping across it. And devil, if you do, you're going to get two black eyes and I'm going to kick old horns on the head right back to the pit where he belongs. Come on, when you have a passion, you know who you are and what you stand for. We have passion. We have the fire of the Holy Ghost. We have a boldness that the water of the world can't put out. Boldness. They saw the boldness of Peter and John and were amazed that they were unlearned and ignorant men. But they noted they had been with Jesus. Greatest curse, curse on the church today, listen to me, it's fear. It's timidity. We're much too worried about what everybody else thinks. We're much too concerned about pleasing man and not pleasing God. When you have the fire of the Holy Ghost flowing in your life, you... I'm going to use your word from last week, Pastor Isaiah. You don't give a big rat what if people think. <laughs> You don't care because you're following the Father and He's leading you into places you've never been before. When you're passionate, when the world passes laws against your faith, we stand and we passionately defend and proclaim and promote the Word and the Kingdom of God. We don't bow down, we don't kowtow, we don't shut up, we don't water down the message, but we stand on the Word of God and we declare the Gospel still to be true, the Gospel still to be powerful, the Holy Spirit still to be active in our lives today. We don't bend to the laws of the land when they're contrary to the Word of God. For far too long, for far too long, the church has said, well, I just don't want to offend anybody. Let me tell you something. Your children are paying for that right now. Your grandchildren are paying for that right now. You need to stop worrying about who might be offended by the truth of the word of God and ask God to use you to turn those hearts and those lives around every night and every morning. Yvonne and I pray for our nine grandkids. God, fill them with fire. Fill them with passion. Protect them. Keep the evil one far from them. Fulfill your purposes and your destiny in and over their lives. Oh, come on, church. It's time for parents and grandparents to declare God's will over their lives instead of saying... Why well, don't want to 
I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to offend anyone. Those of you who have been here any length of time at all know that I really don't care. I'm going to preach the word to you. If it offends you, you need to get right with God. You need a change of hearts. It's time to be filled with the Holy Ghost passion because fire on the inside affects everything on the outside. Tom, would you come back, please? It's time to commit this morning. It's time to sell out. It's time to go all in. See, either you're all in or you're not in at all. If you jump out of an airplane and the parachute opens halfway, it's not going to save you. You're going to die. Because you have to have full commitment all in. When the pilot has taken that 747 down the runway and he has 240 miles an hour, he has to rotate. In other words, he has to pull the stick back and bring that bird into the air or he's going to crash off the end and everybody's going to die. Unfortunately, many in our churches have never left the runway. We talk about it. We rever engines. We say we're getting ready. We say, I've been meaning to. I've been planning to. I'm wanting to. I'm trying to. I'm going to. I'm aiming to. I'm hoping to. But never leave the ground. Why? So fire went out. The fire went out. Folks, I've come to tell you this morning, there's only one way you can live a victorious Christian life. And that's by the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life every day. He is the fuel for your faith. He is the fuel in times of difficulties and circumstances. He is the fuel that will propel you on in times and places that people think they'll never survive it. Oh, I come before you today to tell you time and again, people said, he's done. It's over. He'll never come back. But I'm here today still declaring my God is faithful. His word is true. His power is effective. The Holy Ghost is real. His fire is flowing in my life. Oh, the doctor told me a couple months ago, if you have one bad blow to the neck, you're going to be paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of your life. Someone said, did you quit riding your motorcycle? No. Why would I do that? I will not give in to fear. By the way, 11 more days. 11 more days. And I'll be back on it. Listen, we've got to know and understand when we're filled with the fire and the passion of the Holy Ghost, regardless of what the enemy puts into our life to discourage us, to distract us, to destroy us, to depress us, there is a fire that moves it out of the way and allows us to move forward. Stand your feet with me across this room. Tom, begin to sing it out. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.